Callista Wu, also known as the pop artist Callie Star, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, the one and only Sunny. And with me today is the amazing multi-talented LA-based singer-songwriter, attorney, and activist, Callie Star, also known as Callista Wu. Am I forgetting anything there? I mean, there's so much that you've been through. And also want to mention that it's also her birthday. So happy birthday, uh, Callista. You know, it's an honor. And thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. You know, here we are exiting 2021 and entering 2022 with, you know, the forthcoming release of your brand new single, uh, Can't Sleep, which is set to drop this Friday, December 17th. First things first, you know, I want to congratulate you on just all the well-deserved recognition you, you, your work has been getting so far. I know you dropped that single, uh, other single, Ethereal Lover, which was released not too long ago. Shout out to the other revered publications like Mochi Magazine, who wrote that amazing piece on you. There's just so much to discover about your new music and who you're all about. But before we get to all that and beyond, I know we talked about it before the interview started, you know, let's take a deep breath. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's your birthday. It's a big day. I want you to take that all in. I know. And we're also sort of getting back into the normality of things again. I mean, closing out another year here, but on a, on a high note, literally this time, uh, <laughs> two things, how are you and how's life in New York now? I know you just traveled in the last like 24 hours, but, uh, how's everything going Calista? <laughs> I mean, if I'm completely honest, Sunny, first, I'm very happy to be here and so happy to talk to you. I am so grateful that you, you've interviewed so many amazing people. And so I'm just so happy I get to talk to you. Um, but if I'm honest, yeah, things are a little hectic right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think gearing up for a party in New York, gearing up for the official worldwide release of my new single and figuring out as an independent artist, with uh, you know limited resources, but I'm just trying my best to have fun and enjoy the time. And yeah, I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. You know, usually, usually the, the commonality term is like, how's your day, you know, but now it's like, how has 2021 been? Cause that's, we kind of have to ask what that's been like, cause considering what's been happening in the last two years, but you know, Callista something that I want to do here to, uh, begin and i want to wind the clock back okay to maybe even a decade 2009 i want you to i want you to think about that for a second that year because for fans <laughs> i love the look on your face because for fans and listeners who may not know i mean you've been on quite the journey you've been through the trials you've been through the tribulations i know you had that uh that one ep you released back in 2009 you graduated from the university of california berkeley you i mentioned how you were an attorney I know you're also still an activist representing Asian Americans, so many important things, but you know, if you could just briefly keyword briefly talk about that moment in your life that led to, you know, the artist, the person into who you are today, does it feel like everything also just went by in a blink at the same time? It honestly feels so fast and so long at the same time. Hmm. I think, yeah, 2009 is when I had my release party uh, for my debut EP, the prologue. And I also decided to go to law school that same year and started law school. So it's all kind of come full circle. And it's amazing because I didn't think I would end up here um, back again doing music and law and releasing everything, having another party yeah, you're really bringing me back with this moment. <laughs> I see. I asked that question because I'm a very, you know, a nostalgic person. I always think about the places that I've been in that shaped me into who I am today. You know, you, I had my journey as well. But do you ever think about that year, like 2009? You just sit there. I'm giving you this moment to do that. I know it's been like just a rush of things on this year, especially in the last couple of years for you. Take that moment. Like, do you think about 2009? Man, I really grew into who I am today if I didn't go through this specific path in my life. Yeah, I honestly think one of my good points and drawbacks, depending on how you look at it, is I'm, I always mm. just keep moving and keep going and always kind of focused on doing the next thing. And so this moment where I'm thinking back to where it all began 
it's it's pretty rare, but I, I need to do it more often. It's making me feel very grateful for for all of it, for the journey and the chance to be able to do music again. Um, because it's it's hard. Not many people get a chance to create and it's yeah. it's a privilege. Yeah, and I, I come from a family of musicians. Like my mom is a professional music artist. Both of my brothers are drummers. I play the bass and violin and my sister's a viola player. Like it's it's kind of like in our nature. And you know, and I, what I mean by that is like you found what you wanted to do with your life, and no pun intended, but breaking the law, right? Because that's technically what you did, you know, from being an attorney to a music artist, you know, you don't hear that every day. At least I don't hear that every day. Was there that sense of nervousness for you? Calista, when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm actually, I really hope this works out because I'm taking a big step in my life. Or were you just like, you know what? I don't care. I want, this is what I wanted to do all along. This is, let's do it. So first there's so much fear. Um, mm. And I, I just, I'm human and I have probably a lot of the same emotions that, that people have. Um, but I knew that when I was little, I wanted to be both a singer and a lawyer. And so I didn't know exactly how that would play out. Um, so I did music and then I decided to go into law and was hoping that I would come back to do music somehow someday, which is why I called the first EP the prologue because out of faith, anticipating that there would be a future, that there would be something to come. And I've held on to that. And it looks like um, yeah, I mean, I, I did, did law for a very, very long time and I was up for partner at my law firm and I made the decision at the end of 2020 to leave that life and to start an entertainment company and to work on music, not just from behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but also as an artist myself, because one of the big factors was I wanted to see more to like diversity and representation for Asian Americans specifically in music. And here I am. You know, uh, as you're telling me this, I feel like, you know, being a musician, I, I feel like you're weathered for this because, you know, you, being a musician, being in the spotlight, you kind of have to have thick skin and law teaches you how to have that thick skin. I feel like you were kind of conditioned for that. <laughs> I don't know if, if that's ever crossed your mind, but that's what I'm getting from that. It's like, you got, you got your ed education, you got your experience in law. Now it's like, man, I can, I can handle being in the spotlight now, you know, you know, does that make sense at all? Because I feel like the transition was actually pretty fluid for you. If, if, uh, if that's the right term for it, do you feel mm -hmm. that same way? Well, I do think that there are positives with me having gone the, the law route as well. I am probably better equipped to negotiate, but better, better equipped to look at contracts and to kind of navigate things that might be a little overwhelming if I were just uh, an artist and I didn't have any prior experience navigating. I think the law teaches you how to approach ambiguity and to conquer mm -hmm. like problems that feel overwhelming and to find solutions. And so developing that kind of soft skill has been really helpful, I think. Um, and just sometimes when you're a lawyer, there's just so many things that can feel overwhelming. So you just kind of get a sense like, I'm just going to do my best and see how things work out. And so that is something that I find useful uh, being in music and having an entertainment company now. I will find a way. I will make it work out and I will mm -hmm. be full and flexible and resilient. Um, I, I do think that if I had just focused on music though, I would be further along in music. And so there are, you know, pros and cons, but I am grateful for the path because I, I kind of look at it like there's different seasons of my life where I focus on different things. And I've been gaining like different tools for my tool belt so that I can work on whatever it is I need to work on with the different skill sets and hopefully help other people in the future along the way. This also doesn't mean that you shut the door completely on the law side of things, right? Is this something that you're still going to be a part of? Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've stopped taking income as a lawyer for over a year to oh, focus wow. actively, yeah, on music. 
And just to give it my time and attention and because it requires so much of yourself to be an independent artist. And so I have only volunteered. So for my activism and legal work for different nonprofits, I'm a volunteer because um, I know myself and I know if I take, take money, I will try to build it out. And so mm-hmm. this is really me being dedicated to what I say I believe in, which is trying to break some barriers and trying to increased representation for Asian Americans in music and just giving it my best shot. And and I do want to touch on that subject on your role as an activist and the company that you do own, which is exciting stuff. You know, I, I talked about you being the spotlight, uh, Calista, and in, even though you've, you've been in the music spotlight, especially in recent years, and now here we are heading into 2022, it does feel like you've, you've been at this for a while, you know, and by that, I do want to talk about, you know, the live concert experience as a fan and as an artist because now that you were kind of you know shows are actually technically opening it back up here in the states obviously but I I do want to ask about your experience personally you know what was that like for you just being at a concert just do you have would you say you have a newfound appreciation about that setting now you know or just going out in general you know something like that yeah well first I plan a lot of events Hmm. So even as a lawyer and just being involved in so many different nonprofits and planning galas, planning different things. And because of my music background, like being a little bit more familiar with the AV, with the part that a lot of people overlook. Um, So I know so much goes into planning these events and, and then you have to worry about COVID safety and you have to worry about the legalities and local laws and regulations. So there's a lot logistically, but emotionally, yeah, I'm really happy that people are able to gather uh, slowly and safely and that some of my friends have started to play some shows and I think they're just so happy to be back and creating music and experiencing live concerts like with their fans and being able to connect in that way instead of just over over the internet. So I'm I'm very happy and that, that things are slowly opening back up but I also am really, really um, proud of everyone and like all the problem solving that they've done to try to find solutions to to engage with their fan base or to um, stay active during the pandemic or during the lockdown when there's there's yeah. no option. Uh, live live streaming, live streaming shows. I don't know how many of those you you tune into for the last uh, two years, but you know that was definitely a, another commonality that was we would talk about this a lot on interview under fire. A lot of the bands that would come on here, they would take what they would do on the stage and they would do it in like a like a room or just like an empty concert venue i don't know if that's something you considered calista i mean you did you're doing all this you did all this during a pandemic i mean <laughs> if if someone were like time travel and say hey you're gonna this is when you're actually gonna be making your a name for yourself in the music industry and someone would told you it was during the pandemic i mean i would think that person would have been crazy to tell you something like that but you're you did that but uh, considering the state of the world, I felt like that was a very important question. And uh, I really appreciate your feedback because I would love to see like a live setting of you performing because the mm-hmm. music videos that I've seen, it's like, man, this would be amazing if it was just on like a concert stage. I see that smile on your face. I don't know if there's something that you have planned in like the future, but, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a very important question to ask considering what people had to do to adapt to this setting. You know, it's really cool to, you know, go crazy in your own room, going to, you know, watching these live streams, but I don't think you can take away from, you know, going to an actual concert and experiencing that. Cause I don't know what it was like for you. I was at a concert every week before the pandemic. And, uh, but I don't know if you wanted to add anything else to that. Cause that, I think that was a very important factor uh, considering 2020 and 2021. I think this whole thing has been a learning experience for me and just really because because before I help other artists, I want to do it on myself so that I can come from a place of I've experienced this myself. And so it's been a while since I was doing music and there's so much new tech. And so I really, really admire all the artists who take everything and they're, they're like even making their live sets and, and putting a band together or figuring all that out and, and then pivoting and then doing it in like remotely that there's a lot of mm-hmm. work that goes into it. And so I just, uh, I'm kudos to all the, the artists and all they put in to really 
make that happen and express themselves that way. That's something, uh, yeah, I am working on um, to figure out um, how to do for myself and my my small team. <laughs> it's going to get bigger and uh, I can't wait to see what you have in store. Now, I can't help but ask, what was the first concert you've ever attended, Callista? Actually, <laughs> it's a Spice Girls concert. No way. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, so if nobody knows, I, we, I don't think we aired this, but I'm drinking out of a Spice Girls mug right now. This was actually given to me on my birthday two months ago. So by my brother, uh, but that's Happy birthday. Hey, we we're both uh, <laughs> we have birthdays in the holiday season. How cool is that? Yeah, you, you went to see the Spice Girls. That's one thing I haven't done in my life. That's like a bucket list thing for me. When did you see them? How old were you? The venue? Tell me. <laughs> it was in Anaheim. And it was called the pond back then where the, the, the ducks play. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And my, I love music. Like, and I have ever since I was little, I, I used to sing when I was little and I love the spice girls with my neighbor friends. Like we would pretend we were the spice girls. And so my dad, I convinced my dad to actually take us. I think we were in like junior high. He took Man. me and some girls, my neighborhood girls to a Spice Girls Spice World, I think, concert. Do you still have the ticket stub? <laughs> when I they would sell like actual paper concert. tickets back in the day? <laughs> yeah, I used to actually collect tickets and concert programs because I was an avid concert goer. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn how they do it. And I'm going to do it myself. And so. See how nostalgic back- I am? I'm asking you all these questions. You're you're time traveling <laughs> with me, Calista. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's so funny because sometimes that's like a security question. <laughs> like the oh, first wow. attended. That's a good that's a good yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so first concert, that's man, talking about having a first that's a I mean, that's something you can tell like people, like first concert you've ever intended. That's a staple show to be at, you know. Um, I mean, first concert Who is I, your favorite Spice Girl though. I want it, see it changes. I, I at first it was Victoria. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's Ginger now. No, I'm sorry. I'm lying. It's Mel C. It's Mel C. I'm sorry. Because it, 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 yeah, Sporty Spice. And uh, yeah, I know she's actually, I don't know if you knew this, but Mel, uh, Melanie, she's actually, she's doing her own solo work, which is absolutely fantastic. And it's really awesome to see the in, girls individually doing what they're doing. And, you know, fingers crossed for, <laughs> we're always talking about the reunion, right? I'm one of those people. Yeah. But whenever that time comes, I am going to go, whether if it's in the UK or here in the States, um, shout out to all the Spice Girls out there. But uh, yeah, uh, Mel C. Is yours Mel C as well? Or who's? I've <laughs> always been a Posh Spice fan. Mm-hmm. So Victoria is my hero. <laughs> I, I love Posh. And, uh, you know, she, I know she was the first one to, technically leave and she's technically still a she is a spice girl let's just put that out there i know she's doing her own thing but flash was my first one of my first crushes of all time and then now you know it's like it's just that would be like a bucket list guest for me here too and who knows that may maybe maybe something in the future but you will be the first to know now um uh, all the love to the spice girl i feel like we could talk about them just the entire episode and uh okay. but you know obviously staying busy during the pandemic, Calista, you know, uh, was and is an important thing. I mean, we're technically still in a pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. pursue possibility. I know that those two words mean a lot to you. And you've always been a person who has wanted to inspire people and, and to believe that there might be more in store for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this is something that that I have seen, you know, you now have this multi-platform entertainment company called Cali Star Entertainment LLC. I, I mentioned that I wanted to get into this because this was launched in September of 2020. Uh, please just uh, tell me more about that from how and where it started to where it is today. How has that all been going? And I guess what challenges did you face considering you started this during the pandemic and here you are? Uh, how's all that been going for you? So I love how you brought up the entertainment company and the motto, which is to pursue possibility, to inspire mm-hmm. others to pursue possibility. Because I think, I don't know if it's, if you feel the same way, but when I was little, I come from an immigrant family background. And so my parents are always very much warning me, oh, you need to be able to make it in America. You need to be able to have some skills 
and major in things that will bring you income. Um, Definitely. You need to be able to survive and take care of yourself because what if we can't help to help take care of you, you need to be able to provide for, for you and your family. And so I think there was a lot of fear and a lot of like limitations, like, oh, I can only do this or I can only mm. do that. And, or I need to be aware and, and don't be too vocal and always just put my head down and, and be a good student or be a good employee. Um, make sure I'm getting recognized, but not too much recognition so that I'm you know standing out too much. And I think there's just a lot of, of that. And I, have put so many limitations on myself and I've put so much of my hopes and dreams just on the back burner at so so many times of my life. And there's been so much doubt in terms of like who I am and what I can do and what I can access. And so I just wanted to say like here for this entertainment company, if I'm going to be building something there, it's not just for me and there has to be a purpose behind it. And what is that purpose? It's to let people know that you don't have to fit in a box. Like what are the hopes and dreams that you have that you feel like you were called and put on this earth to do? And hopefully this company will show people that you are more than the labels that have been put on you, that you can go beyond the limitations that you think you have on yourself. And that is honestly what uh, I want to do and hopefully be a model and, and a light and a representation for that. But in order to do that, I am starting at zero kind of again, and uh, just kind of trying to build something in front of everyone. And so people can follow along on the journey and see my authentic, you know, highs and lows. <laughs> um, you're taking kind of the words like right out of my mouth when, uh, so I, I come from, I, I relate to this because obviously, you know, the complexion of my skin, like I come from, I was born in Bangladesh, you know, I was, mm. I was, I moved here, you know, in the early nineties and under those same exact rules that you just, you just uh, explained to me. And it was kind of just putting, I don't know, they didn't mean it, but kind of putting yourself in a box, you know, talking about those limitations. And, and here I am uh, ending up in music. I started off engineering in college. Mm. Uh, Callista. So uh, again, I'm not knocking engineering. If anyone out there loves You're engineering. You're brilliant because that's see, too smart for me. <laughs> see, so it's just like, I'm not discouraging that because if you want to do, in, um, you know, uh, engineering, go for it. But I always found myself, you know, the reason why I feel like it's really cool how you and me are connecting because of, we knew that dying passion that we had inside was music, you know, and I started a record label 10 years ago with my brothers because we wanted to give other artists a chance to display themselves and the fact that you're doing what you're doing with cali star entertainment i wish we would have known each other like 10 years back we would have been great business partners oh, <laughs> well, so now and we're like aligned with the same purpose and the same mission because it's it's much more than there's so much more at stake than just mm-hmm. me right like, like i don't need to be famous i don't need to be well known if if anything it's probably more work for me at, at, at where I am in this stage in life. And, but there, there's so much at stake in terms of the next generation or other people. And what if they just need someone to tell them you can do it? What if they just need someone to look at and be like, Oh, well, you know, it's not easy for her, but she's trying it. And so maybe I could try too. Especially at a time like today, considering, um, you know, everything that unfolded after the George Floyd event, you know, uh, it was just one after the other, all these riots and all the, the hate for Asian Americans, just Asians in general. And it was just, I mean, I could go on and on about all this, but I want to transition to this because it was just the perfect segment here. You know, your work as an activist, you know, I know you're involved in um, nonprofit organizations such as uh, hate is a virus and Asian Americans advancing justice, Los Angeles, um, which is, Two of the, there's just two of them, but there are a few more that you're also involved in, but how did you first get started in all of this? You know, I know you're a big advocate for Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, um, abbreviated AAPI, but um, Mm -hmm. when did you know that this is something you wanted to do with your life? It's really funny because I guess nowadays people are calling me an activist, but I've always kind of just supported different causes or different things Mm -hmm. that I've believed in or even people who are behind some of these causes and nonprofits from behind the scenes. So 
I mean, it started from like growing up, like my family, we will help different, different pastors or different orphanages. And so if ever there's something I really believe in, I will, I will act upon it and support it. And I think my work with he does a virus, for instance, um, it was just, I, I have a relationship with Tammy Cho, one of the co-founders, and she said, in light of all these anti-Asian violent incidents, we are going to do a hashtag hate is a virus campaign. Can you do something about it? Can you? And at that time, I was recovering from my accidents and not in a very good place because of different injuries that I had on, in my brain. Yeah. But and so I was trying to lay low from social media. Um, but I thought this was just so important that I have to do this. And I, you know, there was a little bit of like, what will the lawyers think of me? Like, is it sensitive right now? Back before it was this, I guess, movement became a little bit more well-known and, and popular. This was March, 2020, um, right when the pandemic kind of and lockdown started. And mm -hmm. I said, I just have to do it because I'm gonna regret it if I don't do it. And this is something that I believe in and I'm passionate about, so I will take the risk and, and post. And I did, and I, I think honestly, just supporting other people, standing up for causes I believe in, whether it's public or, or behind the scenes privately, I think that's just a skill or muscle that I've developed for so many years that it just comes naturally to me. And so, yeah, and supporting even the Asian American community. I mean, as when I was starting as an artist, that was really my community. We were really, really trying to help support each other and, doing music, doing acting, doing comedy. We're all just friends and we would support each other back back in the day. And now some of them have found really, really, really widespread success. And some people are still hustling and still trying. So we just all still support each other. And um, I'm just grateful that I get to be part of this community that really will stand up for what they believe in and really try to make a difference. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it needs to be continuing to be a thing in many communities, you know, my community, you know, it's, it's uh, the culture that I'm from. We, we get our own, you know, we get attacked for being who we are, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's, I think it's time, you know, I think it's shown that people have stood up for themselves a lot, which is great for the last, you know, year and a half. And uh, unfortunately, I've seen a lot of my own friends, you know, show their true colors, whichever colors you want to talk about, if you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, it's, I feel like it's just time to get real with ourselves and really stand up for what we believe in. And I feel like you're a testament to that, Callista. And I really appreciate on, you know, what you've been doing. Uh, something I want to ask, you know, you mentioned those nonprofit organizations that we talked about. How can the listeners get involved in this? Is this something that other people can pitch in and maybe contribute? And, you know, just help this movement going forward. You can even call it a movement. It's just doing the right thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever well, you want to plug. So specifically with hate is a virus, it's a nonprofit organization, community of mobilizers and amplifiers working to dismantle racism and hate, mm. not just Asian American like violence and hate, but um, all hate and racism. And so if that's something that you can get behind, uh, follow us on social media at hate is a virus. Um, there's a hashtag hate is a virus. We are, we've raised over a million dollars for our community action fund on GoFundMe charity. And that money just goes to organizations that are on the ground working. And so that money doesn't go to us. We just, we give grants out uh, to different nonprofits to thank them for continuing to do the work that they've pretty much done before and, and will continue to do. And um, yeah, I mean, if they want to repost things on social media, if they want to like, comment, share, every little bit helps, I think, for hate as a virus. Um, for any lawyers who want to help out with pro bono um, initiatives, we Asian Americans Advancing Justice LA, for instance, um, it's a lot of lawyers coming together to help with 
different immigration needs, different housing needs, um, all sorts of different things um, for the immigrant communities. So there are a number of different nonprofits. Uh, people can DM me if they want to figure out what works for them. I never really push anything on anyone, but the invitation is always there. If you want to figure out how to exercise your uh, volunteering muscles or your giving muscles and figure out a platform that works for you that you're comfortable with, like a lot of times I talk to my friends about that and I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to share. I'll push it for you. This is going to be on all major podcast streams out there. So Calista, please feel free to just take the floor and get this out there because it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing thing that you're contributing to. And I didn't know about any of this until I knew about what you were doing. So that's, I think that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a, that's a big positive thing to see as we head forward into this new new year. Now, I'm going to add something here because you mentioned the car accidents that you've been mm-hmm. a part of. Um, this is a this is a side note, but I mentioned how we're, we're connecting on. I feel like we're connecting at like the right time. It's crazy. I know we mentioned so many things about similarities that you and me have been through. I wow. got hit. I got hit by a car the day after my birthday two months ago. Um yeah. I was walking. I was walking. I wasn't rear-ended. Like the truck oh like hit me, <laughs> hit me. And I still have bruises. Like came at, it was like a four by four. If anybody doesn't know this story yet, um, it was a four by four truck coming at me at 30 miles per hour and came at me from the back. I was covering a show that night. I still have bruises and I'm still going through physical therapy, but see what I'm saying. It's like, it wasn't my time. I, I, I feel like I was meant to talk to you about this, but how are you doing? How are you? I'm, I'm fine. But how have you been doing? How have you been re- recovering, Calista, since this all happened? It, multiple car accidents, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it affected you physically, affected you mentally. Wow. You read. <laughs> is that is that how are you doing? So, I mean, praise God, I am a lot better than I was. But it was the craziest thing for me because a lot of things that I just took for granted, I couldn't do anymore. Hmm. Like, I couldn't read. I couldn't process information. I had like balance issues, like walking up the stairs, I would just fall. And um, it was just, just a lot of overcoming that I had to do and relearning. And it gave me a newfound appreciation for life and for all the things that go into a human body that are able to allow us to function, right? Um, so I, I think, I am better. I mean, I still have like balance issues, like um, even doing choreo, I think for ethereal lover, for instance, um, it was like, I should be better at this. Like, why am I struggling? Like, why is it taking me longer? Or um, sometimes like when there's a lot of input or a lot of stress that comes in because of my, what I've gone through before with my attorney background, I'm like, I, I should be able to handle this better. Like, why am I feeling more overwhelmed than usual? And so just realizing and giving myself grace, like, okay, you've been through some stuff. It's okay. Like you're doing your best. It's okay. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. And so I, uh, I don't think I'm fully recovered. Um, some people, some doctors that I talked to, they said, unfortunately, you never really fully recover, but this, the latest one that I saw for another opinion said, like, he believes that I can, it'll just take some time because the repeated, um, accidents. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I think it's all part of the journey before it's something like, I don't know if I would have shared because I think maybe it's that background again, where you have to present like you're fine, but I realized maybe there's someone like, like you just said, you, you were, I never actually said this on air. I, I, I don't think I have, but it, I, I think that's because at first I didn't want to do that. I wanted to tell people, I'm saying this now because someone like me, yeah, I, I can still continue to do what I want to do with my life. You know, it, I'm trying to tell, I'm trying to tell people the message is be grateful for what you have. Cause it can be taken away in a snap. You know, you won't see it coming. That's the worst part. It's not something you get prepared for. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, and here's the thing, Calista, I don't mean to cut you off by the way, but I wanted to add that it doesn't go away because it that the trauma just sets in with you mentally. And I've spoken to a couple of specialists and, you know, that this is, I feel like we, we both kind of enter that area where, you know, it's, it's kind of just sticks with you. And I was just coping with it, dealing with it. You grow from it. 
if that makes sense. Uh, it kind of like on the same, I don't know if it's the same, you know, how grief it shows, like you don't really get over grief. You just, it just expands around the grief, your experiences mm -hmm. to cope with it. Does that make sense? I feel that like I'm venturing off in a crazy path here. <laughs> no, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, because we carry with us the our experiences. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm just glad you are improving, I hope. You know, both of us, hopefully we get to 100% in some capacity. You know, I don't think we'll ever actually get to 100%, but I think that's just a part of who we are as humans. We're able to uh, talk about what we love to do. You're able to display what you love to do on, you know, the ethereal level music video, which by the way, I couldn't even tell the choreographer, you knocked it out of the park with that, with that music, uh, with that song. Now we talked about everything. Let's get to the music right now, right? Oh, um, yeah. You have this new single, Can't Sleep. That's mm -hmm. dropping this Friday on December 17th. Now, we before we get into the core of this song, Calista, this is the follow-up to It the Real Lover, which I absolutely loved with the with the synths and the pop elements. You had all pop elements. Uh, what's the term? Uh space disco. I hear that a lot. Yes. And yeah, so <laughs> now here's the thing: I'm not a dancer, <laughs> but if there was ever an open floor in front of me and this song was playing, I don't know. Maybe I'm just surprising myself when I'm saying this. We'll see what happens, but that's maybe that's like a maybe that's like a rain check if you ever decide to do something like that when you come to Dallas and do a show. But just keep that in mind. But your oh, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> your now, vocals, I'm like Sunny has to dance. <laughs> you put me, I put myself on the spot now. Now you know uh, your vocals. Uh, good God, uh, I know the genre of pop um, can get a bit convoluted with so many people trying to get in the scene, right? But you have that voice you know it's it, that's this is like a voice i would hear if if i was like in a, in like a dance club or just at a party like this is something that it would accompany me at those type of settings so i don't know if you, anyone's ever told you that but you have that and then with can't sleep you know i've heard it i've heard the song i i loved it i feel like it was the perfect compliment to three a lover uh, i kind of want to round it out to this question here you know do you ever feel sort of any uh, any such thing as pressure, Callista, when when writing these songs as like a follow up or or just new music in general, knowing that you've technically stepped away from this in over ten years, now you're just getting back into it tenfold. Has that ever creeped into your mind? The word pressure, really? Yes, I mean I feel pressure all the time. Um, you're a lawyer. You got this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's <laughs> well, it's so it's interesting because we talked about the company logo. I mean, uh, well, the company motto, Cali Star Entertainment, mm -hmm. the pursuit possibility, and the logo for the company is an alicorn, which is a unicorn Pegasus combination. Yeah. yeah. And it's you know taking unique talent and like taking it to the next level. But for Cali Star, the artist, the logo for the name it's there's like a unique star in it and yep. it's a it's like a diamond shaped star with a tear teardrop yeah exactly and so the diamond shape is because of the pressure so how do you and the and this and the motto is to create beauty right so how do you create beauty under pressure with your life and then how do you create beauty with like your pain and your tears into something that like it becomes a star becomes like a light for somebody who to look at and be like that's beautiful so i identify so much with the pressure but i feel like if i don't feel that pressure then am i really going am i really doing what i should be doing am i really taking things to the next level or uh, so I, i'm just kind of used to sitting with that pressure and sometimes i think maybe it's too much but then just when i think i'm about to break sometimes it's like okay no i can handle this it's what i want to do i feel like if someone were not to feel pressure in what they're very passionate about i feel like it's not for them you know pressure i feel like there's a there's a level of pressure where it is a good thing because you care about your craft you know you're showing dedication to your craft and and I feel like what you just told me about the whole logo kind of just uh, transpires with the music you put out, you, you know, it's it that's really the perfect example. And, you know, about the sound of your songs here, walk mm -hmm. me through this, because keep all yeah. this in mind as I'm asking you, you know, how much do things change when you first start composing on your songs to where you end up? finishing and i mentioned the genres of pop i mentioned i mentioned alt pop i mentioned the synths you know do a lot change in between does nothing change in between 
did you already have a specific sound in mind with songs like can't sleep and a three lover because mm-hmm. i know there's influences from like uh what is it dua lipa and lady gaga in there that i heard you know you know i'm gonna ask you that i know it's a loaded question but there's just so much that's going on within these songs where i was literally just bobbing my head like in the middle of the night listening to these songs as i was prepping for all this but um but anyway i'm gonna give you the floor here as far as the sound of what you want to achieve with your music yes so things were very intentional with this project and i completed a number of songs with two different producers for this project so jay chong who produced and co-wrote with me along with um, a young girl named kione uh, ethereal lover and then with can't sleep i worked with another producer friend of mine who co-wrote the song with me uh, and our friend nasir akmal um his name is enoch lin and so we really made those songs from scratch but we talked and i told them and they know my life story and they were aware of my accidents and uh they're very much aware of like what this whole project is about and what we're trying to accomplish and so we wanted things to be as commercial as possible if that makes sense, um, to be as far reaching as possible, because I can go the indie route where I think if you listen to um, my first EP, the prologue, I it was very sounding, right? It's like very um, music and lyrics just, you know, at home, and then you build the track around it versus this was like, we made the track at least for Can't Sleep, we made the track and wrote the top line like at the same time. It was a very interactive process. Um, and there's a lot of elements of Enoch actually in, in the track. Um, some of the, the synth in there and then the guitars because Enoch is a lot more rock based. So you'll hear a lot of different influences, like different pieces of us like in the song. Um, and both Enoch and I at that time were going through insomnia. And so we related on that level. And that was the first song that we worked on together. And so I'm very excited for this song to come out. And it really captures so much of that time and so much of who we are as people because we made it together um, really like for this project for and each song was like, it wasn't like we had pa- tracks passed around and we were listening and trying to figure out like, oh, could we use this for this project? Or we really made it all together. Yeah. So for this. You, you mentioned that commercial element, right? What did I say earlier? I can hear your voice in like a public setting, right? In, at a yeah. party or at like a, an event or something like that. So, yes. I, and I can't help but ask, but can these songs, I don't know, can they, can it, I don't know what you can, I cannot say. Can it serve as a sneak peek into what's to come in the future for you regarding, I don't know, a full length release? I mean, or are we just barely scratching the surface here? <laughs> yeah. There's different things that I have in the works, and this is just the beginning. I feel like there's so much of me that hasn't really, the world hasn't seen yet in terms of what I love to create. And because I love writing, I love creating. I used to write for different and ghostwrite for different artists, um, even before I went to law school. And so, yeah, I mean, (laughs) world building, right? Of like, and different pieces like ethereal lover is like one aspect even the music video it's like one aspect of me and then can't sleep is another aspect and then different songs and videos have other aspects and certain people might think oh well she should just they should all look the same but that's me saying no like i want to show people that there can be different facets of the same person so so Okay, now before we get, I want to dive into that a little bit further because I also, uh, before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to Brad Wong, who directed your yes. Three Lover music video, and he did a flawless job on it. I'm a, I went to film school for three years, Calista. Like, I dropped everything and did film. Like, we kind of did the same. Like, we dropped everything and did what we wanted to do, right? But like, wow. I lived out in LA for three years and I did film school there, but I'm a sucker for good, like, cinematography dp like the you know as far as like artwork and putting the image imagery out there and he did a great job on that and i want to ask about can't sleep Mm. Uh, i know you have a new music video accompanying this song did you have the same crew involved in this one as you did with uh with the real lover because i want to the production of these songs yes the same crew Mm -hmm. and the sound of these songs I i mentioned the sound but dive a little bit further uh, as far as the production, I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky okay. on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. 
it was a big part of these songs that I really enjoyed as far as like producing, mixing and mastering. Talk about this for a second. Aside from the music video, uh, who else was involved in, you know, bringing this sound, you know, to the surface? You know, did you work with multiple producers? Did you did you get involved with this? Like, hey, I kind of want to do this myself because some artists, they kind of just do it themselves and other people be like, you know what? Here's this. Do that. And then I'll listen to it when you're done. How is that all? I know very loaded question, but as far as like, cause I've, I've a lot of musicians in my family. So I got to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So it was during the pandemic, during the lockdown. So we had a very limited pod of people we were seeing. Okay. And so for can't sleep, it was me, Enoch, Nas, Nasir, and that was it. And, uh, we had Chris Geringer master it and it's very, very, you know, scrappy team. Like Enoch did the mixing. Um, he did the production and we worked on it together, like, uh, collaborated. We co-wrote it with Nas and yeah. Yeah. It did. Very, it very, does, quickly, very quickly. And it does give me that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, knowing that you had this crew working on these songs for you. I feel like you found your chemistry. I don't know. Keep that team together. <laughs> That's just, I know I'm one of just the thousands of fans out there, but uh, you really knocked it out of the park with the production. Now between writing and uh, stretching the songs, the production process, like you just talked about, uh, I mentioned that I wanted to get back into this because I want the people out there to know how important this is to you because the lyricism throughout the three lover and even can't sleep. I begin to think about the tangibles of songwriting, you know, and, and themes. We mentioned the logo that star comprised of both the diamond and a tear. You know, you have a song like Ethereal lover, which is, uh, I think you said it yourself. It's just a Romeo meets Juliet love song. That, that line in yeah. there, we can rendezvous uh, us two in the moonlight, I, you know, yes. it's straightforward. And then you have a song like can't sleep, which is, conveying the message that you're not alone that you can overcome and i can relate to both of these songs but i gotta ask you know to what level do you like to have a theme or concept for your music Callista? did that play a big part in helping with the compositions because artists don't really, some artists don't really care about themes right they just do like 10 songs in the studio and that's it but i felt like with these two songs you really dug deep and wanted to get the message out there visually and lyrically Yes. So I, everything that I do is very intentional usually, mm. um, down to like, I, otherwise I'm not going to do it. So the words, very important, even the sounds like trying to make it more catchy, more commercial, because the purpose is to increase representation and diversity, not just have our Asian American community listen to it, but for it to go as far as possible. So people can say, wow, I didn't think that, that this was something that they were doing or wow, maybe we could invest in this uh, or wow, maybe I could believe in people who look like this um, and see them in this space. So everything is very, very well, well, I don't know, like thought out as, as best as I could uh, with the resources that I had at the time. Of course, if I had more resources, it'd be something probably even more spectacular, but that's why I'm trying to build, build from where I'm at. Um, but yeah, I think everything is all an expression of art and who I am to create beauty, right. As an artist, mm -hmm. because, um, even the fashion, even like the visuals, the story, everything is about story for me. Um, I love anime. I love video games. Like I love worlds. Um, I love depth and character development. And so people who see it kind of can kind of get a picture of, wow, like this is one aspect of like a story or, or character development in this. But then also when they see me and follow my arc, in this song journey, uh, the artist journey, company journey, like they can see the growth hopefully as well. I feel like you should, if you haven't already, write a song about your experience as, as an attorney and put that in a music video. Man, I would love to see that. I don't know if that's it. <laughs> you probably already have that, or don't you? I'm, I, it's okay. You don't have to tell me, but that's a surprise. I would love to see something like that. Now, <laughs> you know, uh, we talked about so many subjects and, you know, being young and you know, being a woman in a music genre where there's so much, you know, being thrown at you left and right, there's competition, there's labels, there's fans. And of course, there's more, there are more younger female musicians, Asian 
uh, female musicians inspiring to step into the scene. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying this because it's important. You're an advocate for the Asian Americans out there. You know, Callista, what advice would you have for someone, someone, you know, wanting to follow in your footsteps, you know, because mm-hmm. I think it's a, I feel like you're playing this role that can really catch on for a lot of the younger generations that we see. I think I would just ins- like try to motivate other people to look inside themselves and to really be their, their true selves. They don't have to look like me. They don't have to look like whoever is out there. They can really look within and see what makes them special and what they want to bring and how they want to express themselves and their life experiences and then do something different. And if they're true to themselves and they can express themselves in that way, I think they'll find support and they will be able to, to leave their mark. Cause for me, at least it's usually about impact and it's usually about legacy and and um, if that's something that they're passionate about as well, then I think we need diversity. We need all the different unique experiences. We need as many people out there creating as possible. Look at us. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As far as like the diversity is concerned, I think it's, yeah. you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline you have taken in, which we have discussed about, you know, performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with during these songs, including, you know, Cali star entertainment, LLC, you know, your work as a lawyer and, and uh, with those nonprofit organizations as an activist, your relationship with your family, friends, this pandemic, I'm thrilled to see, you know, where you go from here, you know, now Calista, the, today's your birthday. You know, I, I want to give you this moment to ask you this question because what is the most rewarding part for someone like you, who is at this point in their career? And you experienced so much already. Another way to put it is, do you ever just stop for a moment and just look back on things? I know I talked about it earlier in the interview, but I really want to make it a specific question. Do you ever stop for a moment to take a look back at, at how far you've come? I rarely do it. And I think sometimes it's like, when I least expect it, when when I was at my launch party uh, in LA for Cali Star Entertainment and I debuted in front of my friends and family as Cali Star the Artist, I think there was maybe a moment in there in the midst of all the craziness where I was like, wow, this is real. Like there are people around me and like this is my life and I get to do this. Wow. Like, um, but usually those moments are pretty rare and fleeting and they also happen when I'm like caught off guard. Um, so I wonder if Tomorrow, uh, during my New York party, I will have some kind of similar experience like that. But we'll see. We'll see. Take it all in. You know, I think it's important to celebrate our victories along the way, small or big. Uh, you know, I feel like it's the more successful you are, it's, it's I feel like it would be easy to lose track of yourself and kind of just push everything to the side for a second and kind of look at it from afar and remind yourself why you do what you do. You know, it's like I've done so much now. I just want to appreciate what I've done. You know, I feel like a lot of, I know some of my friends don't have enough time to do that. So um, I want to be able to, I want to be able to have, give you the time to do that. And I hope this conversation we've had, which is an amazing conversation we've had. Thank you for just sharing so much about who you are. I mean, I think I finished my coffee. I would give you a cheers and a spice, spice <laughs> mug, but, but um, unfortunately this is the last part of the interview. And I mentioned the surprise here in Callista. So what I'm going to do yeah. here so uh, you're fine. You are <laughs> fine. I, you've been on the spot the entire interview, pretty much. So I, I think you can handle this. Now, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to do a segment called the lightning round. <laughs> all right. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go down the list. You just have to think quick on your feet. You have to pick one or the other. All right. It's I'm going to okay. give you a list of choices. Some of them are simple. Some of them are just downright ridiculous. But that's the fun part. You ready? Okay. Two choices. And I just pick the one I like better. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, don't think too much. I like you're like sitting up and like close to the camera's like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Red or blue? Red. Vegan or meat? Vegan? Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Who's your favorite character in Harry Potter? Hermione. Taiwanese food or American food? Taiwanese food. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers or Zelda? Zelda. Breath of the Wild forever. Oh, okay. Again, see video games. We could talk about that forever. Um, <laughs> which 
Now, which actor or actors would you pick to play yourself in a movie? Oh my gosh. Well, I I'm obsessed with Rina Sawayama right now. So, Oh, that's a good answer. I actually know who that is. Um, that's a good one. I, w- I was thinking like some of the Asian Americans that were like in, in, you know, in the States, like Lucy Liu, you know, that's like, that would be like a common thing. Like, but, but that's a good answer. I like that answer. All right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Holy crap. Again, we, okay. We're going to do another interview in sometime in the future. Okay. <laughs> if there's a spider in your house, do you kill it or set it free? I set it free. Okay. You didn't even think about that. All right. Heavy metal or country? Country. Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. New York or Los Angeles? Because you're in both both cities in the last oh, 24 gosh. hours. Now I'm leaning towards New York. So Okay. Now, this is a debate here in Texas. Is it pecan pie or pecan pie? How do you say it? Pecan. Mm. I say pecan. I'm probably- I say pecan. There are people here who, not here, even just all over the nation who say pecan. And it's people like, no, you should say it this way. You should say it this way. But it's pecan. That's the way I say it. I I've, even, I've had native people from like New York or New Yorkers. They say hey, it's, it's pecan. So I'm like, all right, whatever. All right. Um, now. Uh, would you rather lose all of your hair or oh, gain no. 50% more hair? Gain 50% more hair. Of course. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> if, <laughs> okay. If Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept? Yes. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. Oh, yeah. I've had some people who say, well, I can talk to my cat. So I guess I could speak every language in the world. So, which would be cool. I mean, speaking every language in the world would be awesome. But man, you want to know what a an alligator is thinking, right? Or a raccoon or, well, the raccoon's always thinking about garbage, but I don't know. The funny thing is I, I do talk to animals. Like when I see them, I'm like, God bless you, raccoon. Well, I talk to my, I talk to my dog a lot. This, this is him. He's actually sitting outside my door right now. Oh my gosh. Hi. That's rocket. That's hey, so, hi, so the door is shut because he thinks I'm yelling and I'm like, I'm getting hurt. So that's usually like oh. keep it open. So, but he would just be like all over this laptop, but that's, that's rocket. So I technically do talk to animals. So there's that. All I right. talk to the dog all the time. <laughs> all right. Now there's a time machine in front of you. Okay. Okay. The destination is the Spice Girls concert you mentioned earlier. Do you mm. take the trip? Would you relive that moment again? Of course. Yes. What do you remember specifically about that day? Aside from, you know, your father taking you to your show and like anything that that stands out for you specifically. Like I remember this specific time and this specific moment on this specific day. I do remember there's this one song where there were, I think it was to become one where they were sitting with chairs, like all up in there. And then I don't know if they, they kind of looked like they didn't have clothes on, but the chairs were like reverse so that they had covering right here. And I was like, Oh, that's very interesting choreo. Um, and that was the choreo I remember the most, even from, you know, way back then, man, I'm just playing that in my head. I just waiting for the day that bucket list comes to, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself after I attend a Spice Girl show. But um, uh, now last one, I got to ask, because you mentioned your love for anime. Can you recommend me your five, fi- maybe f- top five favorite anime out there? I was going to ask top three, but. Um, okay. One Piece for sure. Okay. I'm still watching One Piece. I think I'm on like episode 1002. I'm I like typing, to leave- I'm typing all this out as you're talking about this. I, <laughs> I like to leave a little bit um, so I can binge because I get very upset like when there's no anime left to watch. Um, I think Samurai Champloo is always oh, one of my favorite I know ones. that one. Uh, so uh, I, I have a one of my best friends is from Laos and uh, he mm. has this he has this library in his house is just full of anime. I know nothing about it. I'm always at a space just we're just we're just watching Christopher Nolan movies. That's it. But I never have a chance to ask him about, um, I mean, just all this stuff. And that's where I actually heard Samurai. Uh, what is it? Samurai, Samurai Champloo? Champloo, yeah. He yes. mentioned that uh, about a year ago or something like that. So I'm going to mention that to him again. So it maybe- is a classic. The music is amazing and it's short. Okay. Normally I don't like short animes because I get very emotionally attached. And then when there's no more, I get very sad. And But this one is just a, a, like a work of art in every every respect. So I don't know if this counts. I think this is a manga, but I really loved Oran High School. And 
Orland High School Host Club. Yes, they so, have that. Yes. Okay. Is it just one season? Like, I'm, I watched the first season, but I don't think there was anything after that. It's only one season. Okay. I forget um, how many. Uh, but yeah. But that is a manga, right? I, I watched the anime. I didn't read it. Okay. 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 So I, I never know what the difference is sometimes. So, so manga is written, anime is on visual. Okay. Yes. All mm-hmm. right. So that, we got two. So what you got? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, along those lines, uh, like the high school series, I really, really like Made Sama. Okay. So Made Sama, I identify a lot with the main girl character. And I think the main guy character is like the dreamiest person that doesn't exist. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you spell that? Made Sama M A I D S A M A S A M A. Okay. So Samurai Champloo is the only one that I've heard of. I've I haven't heard of One Piece or Made Made Sama yet. So oh, One Piece is a classic. Okay. It's, is yeah. this on net? Are most of these found on Netflix or is um, this Made something Sama is on Netflix? I'm okay. not quite sure where Samurai Champloo is right now. Um, but uh, you can watch One Piece on Crunchyroll. Okay. How, do you get a chance to talk about your love for anime as much? Because it's, I think, I think you love it a lot, and I think you should talk about it much more. Uh, I love it so much. <laughs> My friends always get mad at me because um, they're always in films and and um, TV shows, and I'm like, if it's not anime, I'm probably not going to watch. This it. is great. This is going to be a great segment <laughs> for them to check out about you. All right, so that's three. I got I got my list ready. So after this interview, um, I think I my weekend planned out. Just so you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you have decades planned out with like a one. Piece. Oh, oh yeah. Now I got a. I I'm I'm hanging out with my friend on Monday. My anime friend. I'm gonna ask him about all this. He's like, oh here, I have all this stuff. You can just borrow it. So. I'm I'm a big Naruto fan. Um, Naruto. Oh, yes. Okay. And I just like how long that is, and and. The characters and how they develop i couldn't get into boruto um so it, it ends with naruto shippuden for me um okay and then boruto is naruto's son um so it's like a newer anime that i just have is that like with. a spin-off it is a spin-off yes. okay so Nar- naruto yeah that's that's four right and then i think because uh we're talking about music um mm-hmm. i would recommend carol and tuesday so the story is these two girls named Carol and Tuesday, and they're both aspiring musicians. So I love it because there is actually no manga and it was just created as an anime. And the soundtrack is amazing. And it follows different artists like that are along the way in their journey. And it's just, it's just epic. You can see the grin on my face. I'm a huge fan of movie soundtracks. So uh, I think that, I might actually start with that now because if it's if it's the soundtrack, count me in. But soundtrack uh, is because so, there's so many different artists that they encounter. Yeah. And so there's different like there's R and B, there's pop, there's like DJs, there's like EDM, there's like hip hop. So it's there's the the more acoustic indie sounding songs that Carol and Tuesday make together, and it's just beautiful. I feel like you would be the perfect companion to take on like a trivia night for these anime shows. I don't know if that I don't know if that, <laughs> that that's even a thing, but that that would be a great idea. But uh, but Callista, this has been uh, such an honor. Uh, this is I mean, I didn't realize we've been talking for over an hour. Like it really shows how great this conversation was. But man, let's stay connected on the socials. I'll keep you posted once this uh, episode airs. I can't wait for your fans to hear it. Nothing but the best wishes for you going forward. I'm so excited for you. I know I mentioned this before, but I really am. You know, do you have any just last words, just any shout outs, anything else you'd like to plug in or mention as far as uh, Can't Sleep or Cali Star Entertainment before we finish things off here? A new music video coming out. I don't know. What oh, you yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just I hope everyone really enjoys watching the music video for Can't Sleep. It deals with mental health awareness. And if you look at it, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a monster land involved. And the question is like, what are the monsters in your life and how do you dig deeper to overcome and heal from that? And so hopefully people can look at the underlying message in a digestible family friendly, you know, uh, (laughs) format. Um, No, I I was going to add, I'd love that you have that message, but it's still kind of an uplifting message. You know, because yes. it, it is mental health, but you have this entire world, this monster world. And I, and I have seen the music video. It's a thing of beauty. I can't wait for people to see it. Uh, but anyway, if you wanted to add anything else here. Finish yeah, no, or... I just, just can't sleep coming uh, Friday, December, December 7th. 
at midnight uh, Eastern time. So I will catch you all on social media. And thank you so much, Sunny, for your time. And thank you to my amazing team for helping set up this interview. And I'm just so grateful for you. Shout out to Kara. Shout out to shout out to you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so glad to see you doing what you're doing. Everyone who's listening, this is Callista Wu, also known as Cali Star. Please, please, please check out her songs. It, she's only going to get bigger from here. And and I can bet bet you a bunch that that's going to happen. And happy birthday. Uh, take this day in. Don't go too crazy. Take care of yourself. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're all getting older, but still a bit wiser. You know, enjoy this day. Enjoy this week. It's going to be a busy week. Take it, take it all in tomorrow. Remember everything that we just talked about. And I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a day to look back on for you. So Calista, thank you so much. Everyone is listening. Uh, this podcast can be heard on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interview on fire.com. Stay safe out there. Calista, we'll stay in touch and I will talk to you next time. Okay. Amazing. Thank you, Sunny. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.